Broadcasting on the Chorus Radio Network and worldwide via the web for over six years, you're listening to The Real Money Show, brought to you by Guildhall Wealth Management. Today in studio, we have the president of Guildhall Wealth Management, Paul Wiseman, and the vice president as well, Jeremy Wiseman. Both these gentlemen are well-respected in the bullion community and have been addressing and speaking with the public at large via their seminars and speaking engagements for a combined 21 years. And Guildhall's been helping people the world over since 2002 to purchase and own physical gold, silver, and colored diamonds. Guildhall representatives uh, are not financial advisors or planners and past performance of gold, silver, and colored diamonds is not indicative of future performance. The number to call anytime to start investing and get an investment package or get signed up for the Precious Metal Advisor, both of which are absolutely free, is one eight seven seven eight silver Again, one eight seven seven eight silver or over to the website, therealmoneyshow.com. Jeremy, what's going on? Well, today on the show, we want to discuss uh, the U.S. monetary base, uh, what kind of effect that could have on the potential price of gold, as well as um, how China's doing in terms of all of the purchasing that they've had, or in some cases, what's being reported in terms of a, a downturn in, in their purchases of gold. So we, we definitely want to topic that as well. Paul, as we uh, venture a little later on into the world of diamonds, what do you have coming up? Well, uh, I'm going to talk a bit, little bit about the most popular, uh, second most popular cut behind Brilliant or Round cut for natural fancy color diamonds. So that's a really interesting topic and uh, how incredibly successful these new cuts have become. Jeremy, back over to you. Uh, give us an update or where, uh, where's the state of things? Well, one of the things that um, actually Darren and I were, were looking into at the office this week is uh, the U.S. monetary base. And it's really interesting because back in 2008, the monetary base was at $800 billion, And that's all of the money combined, not just cash, but money that can be spent um, out of the U.S. And within the last uh, five and a half years, that's moved from $800 billion to $4 trillion, Whoa, which is a five-time gain in six years. And what's interesting is that it took 160 years to get to that $800 billion. So this is... This is, I think, where you have to start your discussions. You have to, when you want to understand the state of the U.S.'s finances and what their position in the world could be going forward in terms of the reserve currency, I think you want to understand exactly how much money they have created and to have created five times as much in the last six years that it took 160 years, you, that makes you think. Right. So... This is this is a, a very well, important. That uh, also corresponds with the amount of uh, debt that the U.S. government has. I mean, how long did it take to only have a, you know a, a trillion or two trillion dollars worth of debt versus today seventeen trillion dollars in debt? And I think since Obama's been in the last six years, I think the debt's gone up. Was it six? Five eight, or six? Yeah. Five or six trillion dollars. Wow. And when you Kind of talk about trillions. People really don't get it. They can't picture it. You know, you can picture a thousand dollars. You can picture a little stack of ten thousand dollars. Maybe you can picture a million dollars on a skid somewhere. Yeah, can you picture a billion dollars? But when it gets to the trillions, that is basically football field stacked with money. Uh, That's about a trillion dollars. And when you go seventeen trillion, it's it's a lot of money. And you know, the stock market has done very, very well in the last four or five years with the Fed infusing a lot of money, paper money, a lot of paper, paper, paper into the market. And this has benefited the banks. 
It's benefited Wall Street, but it hasn't trickled down to Joe Investor. Hmm. You know, it just really hasn't trickled down. And and that's what I really, really enjoyed about uh, last week's interview with uh, Dr. Jeff Lewis. He certainly discussed that, that difference between um, finance and the actual economy, because there is a difference there. There's the banks and the Fed is created for the banks, and then there's the economy as a whole, and, and you have to create that distinction. So I really enjoyed that conversation. I, I listened back to, to that interview that Darren, Darren had with, with uh, Dr. Jeff Lewis. If you missed it, you can certainly go on to therealmoneyshow.com and listen to some, some backdated podcasts, and you can always listen to, to the latest podcast as well if you miss the show mm-hmm. at any time. But I thought that was that was interesting. But as well, getting back to what you were saying, Paul, the the U.S. has certainly accumulated a lot of debt. How are they going to pay that? On the <laughs> on the other hand, China's been accumulating gold and foreign reserves, and I think that going forward, you want to start having a global perspective on the price of gold on your currencies. Do you feel that? that the U.S. dollar is going to continue to, to reign supreme. The number to start investing is one eight seven seven eight silver Reminder, therealmoneyshow.com online as well. Well, the interesting thing is, you know, we talk, about, we, we talk about the U.S. because what happens in the States, you know, they sneeze in the States, we catch a cold in Canada. Um, the debt is seven, over $17.5 trillion. Off the books, which is Social Security and Medicare, uh, it's said to be about another $180 trillion. Um, in the last couple of months, 50 of the largest corporations have left the states um, to go to other countries where the corporate tax is lower. Now, in the U.S., they don't make widgets. You know, they don't make things. They just collect taxes. So when you get major corporations buying other corporations and they're just trying to put a hold on two big companies right now and backdate it for the simple reason these companies are buying large corporations out of the country so that they can make their head office in the country that that country is re- that company is residing for example Ireland's got 12.5% corporate tax US has got 35% so it makes sense for people like Apple and other large corporations to have some type of uh, offices in those countries paying less tax. It's a loophole. It's an official loophole, and the U.S. is trying to stop it. But again, when you take companies and individuals, when there's no tax to be collected, but you're paying out this money, uh, one in six people are in food, on food stamps in the U.S. That's incredible. It's like a third-world country we're in the U.S., um, but it's all subsidies. I mean, unemployment. Uh, there's, they show you the unemployment list, but there's a lot of people that are n- not imp- can't get employment, so they go onto the welfare list, which is in the m- millions of people that are actually officially unemployed, can't get jobs. So when you are looking at all of these debts and all of these economic issues in the United States, you can see that the Fed would have its back against the wall if it raised interest rates um, and already... You know, stumbling to get its feet economy would would absolutely, in my opinion, completely tank at that point because many people are, are just barely hanging on. And I think that 
this is an indicative of, of many countries around the globe, especially in Europe. You can uh, point at Italy, Spain, Portugal, all of these type of, of uh, countries. And we're, we're uh, on very thin ice in terms of the next crisis. And so what we're, what we're here doing, we're talking about the real, we're talking about real money. It's the real money show. Mm-hmm. We're looking to help people as citizens even protect their wealth, protect their portfolio. If you if you've been in the stock market, it's great if you've been making money, if you've been following along and you got a you got a hold of that Fed trend, um when do you take profit? You know, you have to at some point start to protect yourself and start to think, okay, how am I going to keep my wealth if things are going to change rapidly in the world in the US dollar? A lot of countries around the world are starting to to avoid the US dollar and that could have very dire consequences for not just the US dollar and its economy, but for investors and those who trade heavily with the US just like Canada. So it's very important to to secure your portfolio, secure your wealth. We, be, we believe that gold and silver does that. There's so much information on gold and silver. Every week we're talking about all the, all the different fundamentals in this market. And it can, it can be overwhelming to, to go out there and try to find out some information. The mainstream media hates gold. Um, other other um, outlets love gold. What are the real answers? You know, we put, we put together the Precious Metal Advisor once a week where we take the four or five top articles that, that have come out throughout the week because every minute there's new articles talking about this market. But it's a great way to easily understand what's happening, what the trends are uh, week to week in the market, where the focus is. We do a chart of the week. We give access to three, four, five articles. Darren will write an article. And it's just a great piece of information. So we definitely encourage people, if you're, if you're tuning in for the first time, to, to go to The Real Money Show, sign up for The Precious Metal advisor and, and just get started learning about the market. We're not financial advisors at Guildhall Wealth. Mm. What we try to do is put the facts in front of people. Um, you know, you can take a horse to water, you can't make it drink. But what we try to do is make people aware of what the markets are. You know, the, the stock market right now, a little overboard in my opinion. Um, what goes up has to come down. The housing market in, in Canada is a little bit overheated. Uh, a correction is probably on the way. When you start getting interest rates going up, inflation starting to move, and we spoke last week about what it costs for breakfast now, how food prices have gone up. Coffee uh, and everything, yeah. Even this morning, Hershey and Cadbury's are going to start putting their prices up because the price of cocoa has skyrocketed, and they're going to start putting the prices up. Or the chocolate bars get smaller and smaller. Uh, when I was a kid, a chocolate bar was a chocolate bar. Today, it's like a mini. It's a chocolate <laughs> treat. It's a thin and it's mini. But it's, but it's 100 calories because yeah, we're so lucky, interested right. in, lucky in I'm that. I'm diabetic and I don't need to eat it. But it's, <laughs> it's tough. But at Guildhall, we are in the physical product of selling gold, silver, platinum, palladium. We don't, we're not in the markets of selling equities, futures, uh, certificates, ETFs, options on futures. What we sell is physical gold. You can buy gold, silver, platinum, palladium for home delivery. You can take it home immediately. We also have a depository that's available, which is safe, secure, allocated and segregated and insured with Lloyds of London. And the third option we have is financing, where you can put up as little as 20% if you want to go that route. But John, why don't you give out the numbers, get people to call for the investor kit. This is a great time to get into the market. Um, my belief, my opinion is I think you're going to see some very, very quick moves up in the next few months. one silver And online, as Jeremy said, therealmoneyshow.com. 
And I like what you were saying, Paul, because it, it again, just talking about what um, Jeff, Dr. Jeff Lewis was saying, um, he was giving a quote that we can help you, we can, we can help explain it to you, but we can't help you understand it. And and that's what we're doing. We're we're showing the facts. We're showing the fundamentals. It's up it's up to each individual investor to decide if if it's important to secure their portfolio. If it's important to, to you know maybe they have a different way other than gold in, in terms of getting into the market and protecting their wealth. You know I've been in this I've been in the market since about two thousand and five, and I've never sold a single ounce of gold that I've purchased. Um, I use it as a hedge. Um, it, there, there's this old adage, you don't, you don't wait to buy gold, you buy gold and wait. Nice. And that, that's really the attitude that one has to have towards gold. It's not about taking a stock portfolio approach and a, a stock investment approach to gold. While some people could certainly speculate in this market, the, ma- the majority of people, and as we're going to talk about China, the majority of, of people in China, they're buying it because they understand the risks out there they understand how what a thin line governments and banks and the economies are treading right now and how quickly things can change. Um, you know, they, they, they're a culture that's been around a lot longer than North America. And North America has a tendency to forget very quickly and then lose its innocence again. And it only takes another crisis. And to see, coming back to what we were talking about, the monetary base, to see just how much the monetary base has grown in the last six years is astounding. And, and I think if that was on the cover of every newspaper, people would be running to gold. So in the next segments, we'll certainly talk about uh, what China's effect on the market is having going forward as well, and uh, where we think the market is going and why we continue to think that it's really important to hold physical hard assets, real money. The number to give, uh, sign up for an investment package and the Precious Metal Advisor is simple, absolutely free. One eight seven seven eight silver And the website is therealmoneyshow.com. The number to call is one eight seven seven eight silver And the website is therealmoneyshow.com. Get right into it, Jeremy. Tell us how you open an account at Guildhall. It's key, right? Yeah. Well, first you want to know that you want to decide how you're going to make the purchase, whether it's just to buy some physical bullion get it into your possession, and that's that's the best way to, to own it. Uh, we do offer that. You can also, once, you, once you've built up a, enough of a portfolio in gold and perhaps you want to think about securing that gold, we also offer the depository. Uh, that's really simple. You'll just fill out some paperwork, get your allocated agreement, of course, so that you have you, you remain having title to all of the bars. That means that whatever bar you put in, the scratches on it, the dents on it, is the bar and the scratch dent that you'll get back when the time comes. But having your bullion in the depository allows for several things. One, it allows you access, just like if you were to bury it in the backyard or put it in a safety deposit box. It allows you to go and see it. Um, you just have to make an appointment, but uh, it's always available to you. The other thing you get is that it's secured, um, perhaps more secured than uh, having it uh, in, in a home or, or, again, just putting it somewhere specific. It's also insured. Uh, home insurance will only uh, cover so much bullion, and so that's something that you do want to be aware of. And then finally, it allows for ease of liquidity, is it the way we call it. It just means that when the time comes, uh, these markets do have blow-offs. More people will buy at the top than buy at the bottom. The market will move very quickly. The market will tell you when it's time to sell. You might be busy. You might be at the cottage. You might be with a client. You might be in front of your students at school, and you have to take a quick break, call 
your representative at Guildhall and just say, okay, I think it's time to sell a bit. So that's what the depository does. So that's really easy. Financing, you'll give one of the the, uh, specialists at Guildhall a call. They'll walk you through the process of getting you into that and and also adjusting the portfolio for your needs. The question is, where do you start? We get that email question all the time. How much do you start with? Well, it it depends on the investor. It depends on Mm. the size of the portfolio. Um, a lot of people who are just getting into the market, I think the best way is is to just get some physical into your hand and, and actually understand that it is a physical asset. It's not a paper asset. And that's a great place to start just to make that paradigm shift because people who buy exchange-traded funds, for instance, they're buying into shares of, of bullion that they will never actually own or control. Scary. Um, and I think that if you're going to buy a certificate or you're going to buy an ETF, I think you are putting a risk out there in terms of your ability to get hold of it. So we tend to say 10 to 15% uh, should be in hard assets, mm-hmm. whether that's uh, gold and silver or a natural fancy colored diamond. Um, but sometimes people want to crawl, walk, and run. So I think it depends on the investor at the time. one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com. You want to add something, Paul? Yeah, it's, you know, when you, when you open an account, for example, as a depository account, it's safe and secure. It's insured with Lloyds of London. The minimum you, that you can put into the account is two 100-ounce bars or 10 ounces of gold. Oh, sorry, five ounces of gold. If you want to use financing, uh, you can put up as little as 20%. And I'll give you an example of financing. It's not for everybody. But, for example, if silver's trading today, you know, say at $21, if you bought 1,000 ounces of silver, that for you to double your money, silver would have to go to forty-two dollars. Mm-hmm. But by putting up around about eighty-five hundred dollars, which covers you for a one-time commission that allows you to trade in and out as many times as you like, uh, on that amount of uh, product that you buy, you're putting up eighty-five hundred dollars Canadian, uh, eighty-six hundred dollars Canadian. And if silver moves up eighty-eight dollars and fifty cents from twenty-one dollars to you know basically thirty dollars, you've doubled your money. Instead of laying out $21,000, you've kept back 12500 which you can pay off the debt anytime you want. Or if the market drops down, the smart thing to do is obviously always cost average and buy a little bit more at a lower price so you cost average all the way through. It's not for everybody. If you have to, you know, go and use your credit card where you're paying 18 or 20% interest, you don't borrow from one to borrow and pay more interest on another account. If you're using a line of credit... It's not the investment for you. Collateral finance or any type of financing is where you have to spare money, whether it's, you know, you're going to buy 5,000 ounces, you have an extra 40,000, 50,000, and you want to make some money in these volatile markets. It's a good way to go. Uh, physical product is what we sell. If you're putting it in the depository, we have a little promotion. You buy 200 ounces of silver, you'll get a maple leaf for every 100-ounce bar that you put in, completely free of charge when you open an account with the order. So, you know, people recommend 15 to 20% hard assets. You've got to look at the currencies. You've got to look at what's happening in the markets. You've got to look. If you want to believe all the headlines, all we can do, as I said before, we can take a horse bring it to water, we can't make it drink, we'll give you some information, we'll let you know what's happening, we'll show you how to read in between the lines of what's going on in the market. Housing, right now, we just came back from a seminar in Calgary. You know, Calgary, out west in Alberta, was absolutely booming. The prices have come off. If you're in Toronto, you look at, you know, the prices of condominiums, you know, every corner there's a new condominium going up. Is it overbought? What happens when interest rates start to move? 
How many people are going to back out? I've seen this several times, and I've been in Canada over 40 years, and I've seen recessions hit where people actually walk away from their homes where they've got, you know, they start to get underwater or they don't have enough um, into the house, enough equity into the home. Inflation is here. When the government turns around and says to you, we're at 2% or 2.3%, they're not going shopping. They're not going to the to the local supermarket. They're not even filling their own cars up. They're riding around in limos that are paid for by Mr. Taxpayer. You know, these politicians have got no clue what's going on. Insurances are going up. If you talk to the average person, everybody will tell you their paycheck doesn't go as far as it used to. Now, what's going to happen is what happens when people want cost allowance or, or cost increases on their salary? They know what's going on. You know, as an employer, how much can you keep giving somebody before you have to make cutbacks yourself? So the governments are not making any cutbacks. In Ontario, we're spending as much as ever. If you look to the states, you know, Detroit went bankrupt. Stockton's gone bankrupt. There's a lot of, you know, cities in the U.S. that are bankrupt. You cannot keep on giving entitlements to people. You cannot keep doing it. If you don't have the revenue, you can't give. As an individual, if you've got debt, your credit cards are maxed or your line of credit is maxed and you've lost your job, you know, you have to pull in your belt a little bit. You know, you cut up the credit cards. You only buy what you can afford. You can only cut a suit according to the length of material you've got. You know, that's the basis. So be smart right now. Look at hard assets like gold, silver, natural fancy color diamonds to protect you from inflation, what's happening in the marketplace, and what's going to happen. If you're walking around with blinkers on and don't want to know, you want to be an ostrich, bury your head in the sand and think everything is going to be great, not everybody is making money in the markets. In the stock market, Wall Street has done great. The banks have all done great. Average player has not done very, very well. They got beat up in 2008, 2009. They're still sitting on the sidelines. This is a great time to get into the gold and silver market. Prices have come off since 2011. The tide is ready to turn. This is a great, great opportunity. Whether you take the product, buy it home, take it home delivery, whether you put it in the depository or whether you use some financing, this is a wonderful opportunity. John, why don't you give out some numbers, let people get the investment kit, get our precious metal advisor, get educated in what's happening in the marketplace. That number, Paul, is one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com. Jeremy, let's uh, let's bounce over to China. We were going to cover that, remember? We're bouncing over to China. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> bouncing Normally over. you dig, but um, <laughs> or float or float. Um, yeah, there's a, a really good article that came out on investing.com, which was what you need to know about China's massive gold hoard. Now we're going to put that in the precious metal advisor, so you can go to. Uh, TheRealMoneyShow.com and sign up for that. You can also go to GuildhallWealth.com and, and, and subscribe to the Precious Metal Advisor. And again, that's that gives you articles of the week, chart of the week, a special article from, from Darren as well. Uh, it'll give you access to uh, the podcast if, you, if you've missed a show. So that's, that's really good. But what I liked about this article and why we're talking about it is, is it's a bit of a pushback against some of the typical arguments out there against China and their, and their gold hoarding. One of the things that I really liked about this particular article is they talk about it's it's not really about the price of gold. It's about the role gold plays in protecting wealth mm. and the way um, 
with major currency upheavals out there, that they will severely impact everyone's finances, investments, their standard of living, that we are living through a time of, of immense change, and change can happen very quickly. Paul talked about that. Inflation could happen very quickly. If you look at uh, some of the recent history, you'll see that when inflation actually hits, it happens very, very quickly. So when governments are forced to act, they have to do it fast. And when you start to see the pieces moving around the board, uh, like the BRIC nations, for instance, um, they announced a couple weeks ago that they're seeking an alternative to the existing world order in terms of the IMF and the World Bank. They want their own. They want to help develop themselves, not depend on the who, World Bank. Just to explain who the BRIC, BRIC nations are. Right. So we've got uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and, and South Africa. So huh. these are all countries that have that uh, have grown very, very quickly. They're starting to uh, uh, rap on the door of the economic engines of of the West, like um, like uh, the U.S. And, and Europe, for instance. And so they they want their own sovereignty in a way, and and they don't want to depend on 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 the U.S. And then when you match that with with all these deals going on between Beijing and Moscow for energy, which is for rubles or the yuan, they're really leaving behind the U.S. dollar. Now, we talked earlier about how much the monetary base in the U.S. has has expanded in the last uh, several years, which has been astounding. And countries like the BRIC nations have stopped buying U.S. reserves, which means that's why it's expanding so much. The U.S. has been forced to just create their own money instead of creating loans. And um, China is moving away from that. You know, China speaking to move from gold to silver for a minute, China used to be um, constant importers of, of silver. And when they started really producing silver, they stopped exporting silver altogether. And they, they be, began refining their own silver. And they do the same with gold. So a lot of the gold technicals out there, you'll see where there might be a, a decline in terms of how much gold is going into China. It can be a little... Uh, deceptive at times because not only does well, does the China producer in the world well this is one fact most that, people don't know that they always say well South Africa but China is the largest producer of gold which means they don't necessarily have to import they could be doing just fine and they're not going to report how much they're they're bringing out of the ground either um, they're they're a little cloaked in terms of their reporting. They don't report on a regular basis of how much gold they have. What we do know is that they've they've really worked it and and added a lot to their holdings. And their government's very supportive of gold. They want their citizens to own gold. They want their citizens to be prepared for what happens if the U.S. dollar's um, world reserve status is no longer there. What does that mean for? currency crises around the world. And you can see that, that there is a currency war out there. Sometimes countries are raising their rates, lowering their rates. They're all trying to echo position here in order to make their exports appealing to other countries. And only one person can get a turn at each time. It's starting to feel like musical chairs. So there's a lot going on here. You know, if you have time, sign up for the Precious Metal Advisor. You'll get that article. You'll see what, what's been going on in, in China. And um, you can give us a call as well at one eight seven seven eight silver. That's one eight seven seven eight silver. We've got investor packages. We've got uh, updates. We've got podcasts. Lots of ways to learn about this market and get involved. Let me run this by you before we uh, we take a break quickly. This from uh, Commodity Trade Mantra. Uh, in fact, you handed me this, and these numbers are absolutely staggering. The World Council uh, World Gold Council estimates that China's middle class, all right, is expected to grow by two hundred million people. 
That's two zero zero million people to five hundred million within six years. Now, the entire population of the U.S. is about what three sixteen. Uh, they thus project that uh, the private sector demand for gold will increase by 25% quickly as well by 2017 due to rising incomes, bigger savings accounts, and continued uh, rapid urbanization. 170 cities, Jeremy, uh, in China now over 1 million, uh, 1 million inhabitants. This is crazy. These numbers are insane. And when, and, and when they buy gold, they don't sell it. So when you want to look at the supply-demand fundamentals, you've got gold trading right now very close to production. If there's drops in the market, mining companies just shut down because they're not going to mine it at a loss. Uh, You've got immense demand coming out of China. They're going to have more people buying gold and the ability to buy gold than ever before. So um, the World Gold Council, which is the preeminent authority on Mm -hmm. gold, they're saying that demand is going to rise for China by 25%. That is absolutely massive. And when you put that into a context of what happened in 1980, there was less than 3 billion people on the planet. (laughs) Gold went to $850 an ounce. At that point, it was at a one-to-one ratio to the Dow. Dow's trading above 17,000. The debt in the U.S. was 850 billion, or sorry, 1 trillion rather, I, I apologize. And you can get a sense, and China, India, all the BRIC nations weren't involved in that market. So the market went to eight fifty. Silver went to fifty dollars. In a decade, where gold originally started at thirty five, wow. and that is not taken into consideration where we are today, the debt situation, how many people can have, have access to this market, and I think that when you look at the demand coming out of China in the next, that's just the next three years. Twenty five percent. You're talking about China only. What about India? I mean, Indians love gold more than they love curry. I mean, they really do. That's, yeah. that's from Gerald Salente. Yeah, <laughs> he's got some a, good ones. He's got some real good ones. So, so you, when you start to put these pieces together, when you start to see the, just to sum up here, when you start to see uh, how much the monetary base has gro- has exploded in the U.S. in the last several years, when you see the gold demand exploding in China for the last several years, and the reasons, and this is the key, understanding the reasons why um, the populace in China is buying gold. I mean, we're, I know we're just talking about China here, but why? Portfolio protection. They understand what fiat currencies are, which is, is going to be their topic for next week's Precious Metal Advisor, by the way. Um, you start to get a sense of, you know what? Yeah, let's, let's think globally. Let's think economics. Let's think worst case scenarios. Do we have insurance for our portfolio? And that's what we believe gold and silver does. They've got um, centuries, decades uh, se- sorry, century uh, records of being able to protect wealth and store wealth. And so we believe in real money here at The Real Money Show. It's why we called it The Real Money mm-hmm. Show. So feel free to give us a call and, and get the investor kit at one eight seven seven eight silver And we look forward to uh, having debate and, and discussing and, and showing you the fundamentals. We'll take a short break. Stick around. And the number to call to get in touch and start investing, one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com. Paul, I want to talk about diamonds. Uh, this article I have in front of me, I feel like I should have some sauce music, a little bit of jazz, maybe a, a glass <laughs> of wine with me here. But uh, talking about cushion-cut diamonds uh, are a vintage cut that has become a fancy-shaped favorite, second in popularity only to rounds, hearkening back to a gentler era. The soft curves and gentle glow of the cushion cut is flattering, feminine, and elegant. It is the perfect shape that will stand the test of time for years to come. It's either a movie trailer or a Harlequin romance or a very cool uh, piece well, of uh, evidence it, from Rappaport. Right? Rap- it's from the Rappaport magazine. They're the world-renowned uh, uh, leaders in, in reporting on the diamond business, whether it's white diamonds or colored diamonds. Um, 
the if you look at what's been happening in the auctions, a lot of the the, the huge diamonds, ten carat, fifteen, twenty carat pinks and blues, have been cushion shaped. Love them um, because what the cushion does, it's it actually does look like a cushion with soft you know corners. Um, it brings out the fire and the scintillation in the diamond. The the cut is beautiful, and especially for natural fancy coloured diamonds, the colours just fly off of these type of cuts. Um, we just got back actually from Calgary. We we did a seminar uh, on uh, actually precious metals and diamonds, and people were actually more interested in what we had to say of diamonds at the end because of you know how diamonds have gone up in value. It's probably been one of the best-kept secrets out there. Uh, you know, the wealthy and royalty have known about it for, you know, basically 50, 100 years, but it only came to light natural fancy-coloured diamonds from auctions that mm-hmm. had started basically in the 70s um, where they were reaching and fetching unbelievable prices for diamonds. Uh, one diamond, which was a red diamond that was bought in 1957, uh, was purchased for about $13,500. It went in the early 80s into an auction, and they, the reserve price on it was 150000 It went for $880,000. This was a .95 purposely red. It wasn't a red, it was purposely red. And if that, at that time, it was a record price. And what we've been seeing at the auctions, um, you know, diamonds going for 35 million, 50 million. Not everybody's got that type of pocket change right. to do, to spend. But why are people buying these natural fancy color diamonds at auction for these prices? Because they're scared to death of fiat currency, of paper. You know, the people that have been making money, have got money, want to protect it. This is why you're seeing art, uh, especially pictures uh, are going for un- unbelievable amounts of money, but the diamonds have been fetching, you know, highest amounts for pinks and blues. You know, red diamonds, for example, 30 years ago, you could have bought a one-carat red for $30,000. Today, we're looking at $2.1 million. If you can find one, they're just not out there. So they're extremely rare. Now, the supply is diminishing in the mines. Uh, there is no new mines coming on site. Um, and the mines that are out there are becoming less productive and they're closing. For example, uh, the mine that mines 90% of the world's pink is called the Argyle uh, Mine. It's in Western Australia. It's due to close in 2018. They produce 90% of the world's pinks. Their production, in actual fact, is one-tenth of 1% of that mine's production are pinks. So it just tells you how rare. Mm-hmm. Another example, let's look at blue diamonds. For every 112 Picassos that go into Sotheby's and Christie's, which are the biggest auction houses in the world, there's only one blue diamond that ever gets into auction versus 112 Picassos. Um, there's a growing awareness of this investment and also a growing demand. We've been keeping, or not so I've been keeping records, but they've been keeping records for the last 40 years from auction houses, from wholesalers, from dealers. And natural fancy-coloured diamonds tend to double every five to seven years. Now, this is according to what diamond. There's three groups of diamonds that we sell, fancy, intense, and vivid. Um, 
And if you go to our website, Guildhall Diamonds, which you should look at, you'll see an unbelievable collection of argyle pinks and beautiful yellows, internally flawless and vivid. Uh, we're also bringing in VS1 and VS2 in the vivids because it's becoming almost impossible to find internally flawless diamonds in the vivids, and yet the prices even of the VS1, VS2 are going up like crazy. Go to our website, guildhalldiamonds.com, or give us a call at one eight seven seven eight silver That's one eight seven seven eight silver And we were talking about uh, cushions, and um, one of the things Not that... fabric cushions, cushion cuts. Cushion cuts, that's right. One of the reasons why they are... you're redecorating. <laughs> this is what it's like around the, the dinner table, trying to get a word in. How's your digestion? Um, <laughs> don't ask. Um, <laughs> so... The the thing with, with the cushion cut diamond as well is they do bring out the color. They keep the color. Um, colored diamonds tend to be what they call blockish shapes, and the cushion definitely fits right in there because you want the color to be even, and it's all about color, and that's what's creating the value. Of course, you want to keep the other uh, four Cs involved, and it does matter in terms of all of those as well. But for color, uh, the, the blockish shapes like cushion – and like radiant, really hold the color. So that is a very typical shape that we see, and it and it is very beautiful. And uh, we we tend to to really gravitate towards them. And um, it's, uh, it's such an exciting industry at this time because while it's sort of coming in fashion, when you open up a magazine like the Rob Report, you see lots of ads for colored diamonds, um, and color is is something that's becoming very popular. But as far as an investment is concerned, as far as understanding the the quality that needs to be achieved in order to separate that diamond out from the rest of the pack is still very much um, a best-kept secret. And um, you always know that because you talk to people. And unlike, for example, gold and silver, where it can be very... Uh, how do you say? People either love or hate it. Let's just put it that way. When it comes to, to diamonds, they're obviously a lot more open. Most people have an experience buying a diamond or looking at them and um, educating people, getting them, getting our, our listeners to understand um, out there how, how it all works and what you should be looking for is very important for us. So feel free to uh, get our buyer's guide, get our ebook on why we believe that uh, colored diamonds are a great investment. And uh, you can get in touch with us uh, anytime. Go to the website. Uh, go to The Real Money Show. We're, we're here to help you. Uh, you know, when, when we're looking at colored diamonds, natural fancy colored diamonds, the first important thing is color. Um, I choose, you know, our collection, every diamond we have on the website, we own uh, every GIA you'll see on the, on the website and independent appraisal on the website we have in stock and our collection is there for you to view. Um, color is the most important, as I said. The color... Uh, is the number one criterion when we're purchasing a diamond. Diamonds come in fancy, intense, and vivid. I love to look at the, a diamond that's fancy that looks like an intense. I like to buy an intense that looks like a vivid. I like to buy a vivid that looks like a zimmy, which is a really deep color. But that's the first criteria. The next criteria is, a, is actually cut, which we look at, whether it's a, a, a radiant cushion, uh, brilliant cut, round cut, emerald cut. These are the cuts that actually hold the color, even saturation, scintillation comes off the diamond. The colors are just incredible. Uh, the third thing we look at is clarity. Now, clarity is really important. Um, in, for example, Argyle Pinks, we sell VS 
VS1, VS2 diamonds, which are the, are the rarest out of the Argyle pinks. Most of the diamonds, are, which are SI1, SI2, I1, I2, which means the lower grade, you can actually see the uh, carbon or you can see, you know, problems with the diamond by just actually seeing it with the naked eye. You can actually see the inclusions. Whereas, you know, when you're buying a VS, you need a jeweler's lube, which is 10 times magnification. And when you get into diamonds like a VVS1, VVS2, you need a 40 times magnification with a microscope. And then internally flawless means there's no inclusions at all. When you go to an internally flawless stone, for example, in yellows, you've lost a lot of a diamond. When they've cut a diamond down to internally flawless, they've trimmed away the fat, let's put it that mm -hmm. way, and you're paying for the best part of that meat, and that becomes expensive. There is nothing wrong with a VS diamond. A VS diamond, which means there's very slight inclusions, are also increasing in value at an incredible rate, especially, as I said, when you look at the Argyle pinks, we have only VS quality. Nobody, we've probably got the highest collection right now of VS Argyles up on our website anywhere in the world. And, you know, if you are looking to um, to purchase a, a diamond, um, one of the things you're going to want to do is arm yourself with a buyer's guide. We do offer that. You can go to the Guildhall Diamond site. You can go to uh, the Real Money Show and request it there. But I think this is important to have. And, and one of the one of the reasons for that is a lot of times you can find a diamond that actually looks good on paper. And um, I often will tell our tell uh, prospective clients, you know, w would you have married your wife just on paper? Um, you know, would you you, you need to Might go have out? For the paper <laughs> if there was enough of it. I knew it was coming. Maybe <laughs> if there was a bottom line on the on the uh, yeah. But the the thing is, is that ultimately you need to see the diamond in real life. You need to have that ah, that's the one moment. And uh, that's what we do at Guildhall is we'll, we'll try to show a variety of diamonds in the, in, in the price range that, uh, that the prospective buyer is looking to, to purchase and then allow them to have that subjectivity of what, what it is that appeals to you, which one is really captivating your attention. A lot of times, the reason I'm saying this is because uh, for, for those out there looking to purchase, a lot of times you can go online and you can see something and say, yeah, you know, I've learned a little bit about the four C's and this one looks great on paper and the price looks amazing. But there's, you always have to ask, well, what, what may be wrong with that picture? And ultimately you need to be able to get that in front of you. So whether there's a money back guarantee of ship it to me, let me look at it, let me see if I'm fully satisfied before I, I finally approve to that, or, you know, take it for a test drive, go and, go and look at the diamond, see how it, how, it, how it actually looks, how it feels to you. We often buy on uh, in the same way. We'll go through GIA reports after GIA reports, we'll pick out the good ones, then we'll go look at them. And we'll say, nope, nope, ooh, that one is special. And there is a certain amount of that um, aura to the diamonds. And so it's very important to understand these little aspects of diamond purchasing in order to be fully successful. And it doesn't mean you have to be a rocket scientist or, or a GIA alum. It just means you need to have some basic tools. And just like real estate, you go, to, you go into, you see seven condos in one week. And you say no to all of them. And then you walk into one and you just say, ah, this this feels like the one. And you should have that when you buy a diamond. We want everyone who buys a colored diamond to to love it, to, to really want to hold on to that or, or give it to their kids or or just enjoy it while, while it's there. Maybe put it into some jewelry. We have a great 
great jeweler who creates some amazing pieces and and I'm always astounded by the quality of what of what these one of a kind pieces are like so um give us a call and and we'll we'll show you what we have that number is one eight seven seven eight silver and the real money show dot com and guildhalldiamonds.com as well hang on your number to start investing is one eight seven seven eight silver and bounce over to the real money show dot com paul yeah, go to our website, Guildhall Diamonds. Yeah. Uh, we're probably one of the only companies that not only have the diamonds in stock, you know, we don't have photocopies of the GIAs. They're original GIAs, and you only get the original GIA when you receive the diamond, whether it's from a dealer or a diamond cutter, and you've paid for that diamond. So that's the first thing. We give an independent appraisal. We have a price on the website. We show the prices. We've got nothing to hide. We're completely transparent, and that's the way we do business. Also, we have on board, and I'm very proud of my daughter, who is a GIA diamond grading graduate, which had, she has taken extensive courses as well as doing the work in the laboratories in New York and the GIA uh, place of business. She helps us tremendously. She writes a lot of information, a lot of blogs on how to buy diamonds. She's written the book. She's actually writing a book right now, and there's not a lot of information out there on buying color diamonds. I think there's about three books in total. It's not like going to buy a stock where you go into chapters and they've got one whole shelf full of everything you can possibly want to look at, you know, futures, options, buying stocks. Same thing with probably gold and silver. But with diamonds, there's not a lot of information. So you have to go buy the people you're doing business with, how long they've been in business. We're also a member of NCDIA. Um, you'll see it at the bottom of our website, a little colorful uh, logo. That means we belong to the National Colored Diamond Association of America. This is an organization that, where the dealers, diamond manufacturers belong. Um, there's very few members. Um, it is a kind of clicky crowd, but we're there to promote you know, the selling and wearing of natural fancy colored diamonds. It's important that you get a GIA certificate, an independent appraisal, deal with somebody that understands the product, will take you through the whole process of buying from, from start to finish, and you'll be a very, very, very happy client for future and for future generations as well. Uh, it, we like to look at the natural fancy colored diamonds as a great, great investment. If you're looking to retire, you're looking to put your kids through, edu- you know, f- through university, whether it's 10, 15 years down the road, a $25,000 diamond could be worth $100,000 in 15 years' time. That is the type of investment that you need to make to prepare for the future. One eight seven seven eight silver and uh, guildhalldiamonds.com. Jeremy, let me ask you this. Uh, Paul's mentioned a couple of times, you know, there's been diamond auctions for $31 million, $32 million. Yeah. Rather than intimidating people, you should think, you know, if I get one of these at a much cheaper price, an affordable diamond, all boats rise with the tide, right? I mean, diamonds go up, they all go up. Yeah, that's, yeah, I don't even need to answer the question. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, the prices get set at auction. And um, actually, we, we, uh, we did a seminar, I guess about a month and a half ago, and we just quickly looked through the records, and, and we actually found... Um, two, sorry, four diamonds, a blue and a blue and a blue and a yellow and a yellow that sold that were pretty similar, uh, especially the yellows. They were, uh, I think, both around 100 carat vivid. And it really gave a sense. Now, it is auction and, and there's 
you know, certain things going on at different auctions. But it really did give you a sense of how much yellows and how much blues have gone up in the last several years. Um, We do find that auction prices set the lower levels. It's still important, though, to buy quality, that it's not you just pick up any diamond and, and, and Bob's your uncle. You still have to do a little bit of research, just like when you would with real estate. Let me get the right area. Let me get the right square footage. Let me feel right with with, with that. And then you, you, you'll most likely do very, very well. We love the diamonds. We love the market. We love the hunt for them. We love that feeling of buying them. Um, Paul was just saying during the break, they feel like babies to us. They feel like our, our babies. And, um, you know, we, we want to make sure that anyone who purchases one is completely satisfied. And we do find that as a result, we have a lot of clients who buy multiple diamonds as a result because they get hooked just like us. Physical gold, silver, natural, fancy color diamonds. It is time to start investing. Make that call, one eight seven seven eight silver and make sure you sign up for the Precious Metals Advisor. Go to therealmoneyshow.com.